morning, as we continue our sermon series on leadership called Learning from the Old Testament Leaders, last week we talked about a great leader from the Old Testament by name, Daniel. Daniel's leadership was an amazing leadership, an uncompromised leadership who focused on his mission with an unashamed boldness. And Bible says, who had an extraordinary spirit within him. And he had the courage to tell the truth, even as he was standing in front of the kings. And today we are going to talk about another great leader of the Old Testament. And we are going to learn a couple of leadership qualities from him. Before we do that, let's get into our covenant or our statement of conviction. So we start every sermon by reciting the conviction statements because as we recite this, as we say that we mean what we say and we realize that we are all called to lead. So shall we go through it? Number one, we are all called to lead. We are all called to influence. We commit to learn from the lives of the Old Testament leaders. These men and women are commended by God. Leaders are defined by their characteristics. True leaders are truly teachable. The underlying cause of unteachable spirit is pride. We are willing to ask God for a spirit of submission that accepts discipline and correction. So today we are going to talk about another great leader of the Old Testament by name, Elijah. A prophetic voice in the wilderness. Rather than that, a prophetic voice in the northern kingdom of Israel. So I would like to title my sermon as Naturally Supernatural. Elijah, Naturally Supernatural. Fire comes in our mind when you think about Elijah. I don't know about you. Somebody may say that, no, 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 no. The bread and the meat, that's what comes in my mind. But please not now. Let that be fire now. For good. Okay, so I just want you to want to take you through a you know, historical timeline for us to understand in what situation Elijah was operating. And this is very important for today's sermon. I want to take you back thousand years before Christ. Can you say how many years? Thousand years before Christ. The kingdom of God or the kingdom of Israel was under the leadership of Saul and David and Solomon. From 1030 to 931. In 931, the kingdom was divided. It's a story, biblical story, you know this. The kingdom was divided into northern kingdom and southern kingdom. That happened around 931 BC. The northern kingdom was called the kingdom of Israel, or the kingdom of Samaria, which included the cities of Shechem and the city of Samaria. The southern kingdom was called the kingdom of Judah and Jerusalem was the capital city of the kingdom of Judah or the southern kingdom. The northern kingdom was formed by 10 tribes except the tribe of Judah and Benjamin. Good. So except the tribe of Judah and Benjamin, all the other tribes, they joined together and formed the, king, the northern kingdom. And the rulership was under the king by name Jeroboam. He is from the tribe of Ephraim. Now the southern kingdom 
was formed by the two tribes because the ten tribes formed together, together formed the northern kingdom and the two tribes, the Judah and Benjamin, they formed the southern kingdom under the leadership of Rehoboam. Who is Rehoboam? Son of Solomon, King Solomon, son of King Solomon was Rehoboam. And prophets like, listen to this, prophets like Elijah and Elijah, Amos and Hosea, they prophesied in the northern kingdom. And prophets such as Obadiah, Joel, and Isaiah, Micah, Jeremiah, Zephaniah, Nahum, and Habakkuk, and Ezekiel, Daniel, and Haggai, and Zechariah, and Malachi, they prophesied in the southern kingdom over the period of time under the rulership of many different kings. Now remember this, Elijah prophesied in the northern kingdom around 904 to 850 B.C. So around 55 years, he prophesied in the northern kingdom of Israel. And most of the time, during the time of Elijah, the northern kingdom was under the rulership of King Hagab. King Hagab was ruling the nation during that period of time when Elijah was prophesying in that nation. And Elijah lived during the reign of Israelite kings, Ahab, and a short time under the king Agaziah and Jehoram. And during the first of the ninth, ninth century, that's the time it was happening. And now we can say that very well, we can place Elijah in the history, in the timeline, somewhere around 864 BC. That's the time Elijah was operating under the anointing that God has given. And he was natural, but he was supernatural too. Just want to quickly give a historical setting to know the condition of the kingdom of Israel at that moment when Elijah was prophesying. The Israelite king by name Omri, he had allied with himself with the Phoenician cities of the coast and his son by name Hagab. Ahab was married to a woman by name Jezebel. And she was a daughter of Edbal, a king of Tyre and Sidon. Listen to this, this is very interesting. Jezebel was married to King Ahab, and Jezebel was the daughter of Edbal, king of Sidonians. Edbal was a priest in the temple of Astarte, which is the Phoenician equivalent of Roman Venus or Greek Aphrodite, goddess of love, beauty, and sexuality. Under Astarte, sexual immorality was part of the worship. The priest of Astarte was a prostitute. Ahab should have never married her, but he did. And her name, Jezebel, originally means the prince Baal exists. And we remember Baal was the weather god. He was worshipped in the sight of Palestinian world. In biblical Hebrew, Jezebel's name simply means there is no nobility. Now Jezebel is an evil woman. And as Ahab, Ahab married Jezebel and Ahab went to serve and he worshipped Baal. So Ahab became a Baal worshipper at the time when Elijah appeared in front of him. And Ahab set up, set up an altar in the temple of Baal. So when King Ahab, the wicked king, married a wicked woman, Jezebel, 
the priest of Atar Tarte, the wickedness in the kingdom of in the kingdom of Israel multiplied. And everywhere we could see the temple made for Astarte and the temple and the statues made for Jezebel. We read that in 1 Kings chapter 16, if you can turn with me to 1 Kings chapter 16, we are going to read verse from verses 29 to 33. We are reading from 1 Kings chapter 16, verse 29. In the 38th year of Asa, the king of Judah, Ahab the son of Omri became king over Israel, and Ahab the son of Omri reigned over Israel in Samaria 22 years, verse 30, 1 Kings 16. Now Ahab the son of Omri did evil in the sight of the Lord more than all who were before him. And it came to pass as though it had been a trivial thing for him to walk in the sins of Jeroboam the son of Nebat, that he took as wife Jezebel the daughter of Edbal the king of the Sidonians. And he went and served Baal and worshipped him. Then he set up an altar for Baal in the temple of Baal, which he had built in Samaria. And Ahab made a wooden image. Ahab did more to provoke the Lord God of Israel to anchor than all the kings of Israel who were before him. Listen to this. Ahab was such a great wicked king and Jezebel added to her, him and they really literally spoiled the land. And you can imagine the wrath of God is about to come upon the land. Now at that setup, Elijah came and appeared suddenly in front of King Ahab. Elijah is suddenly appearing in, in, in 1 Kings chapter 17 as you read, and Elijah the Tishbite of the inhabitants of Gilead said to Ahab. Elijah suddenly appearing in front of Ahab. And when nation is going through such a wicked situation, you know, God brought this man of God, this great leader, and he's standing in front of Ahab now. And the nation of Israel is going to be punished for all the support that they have been providing for the cultic religion in the land of Israel. And that religion is getting promoted throughout the land of Israel. And now today we are here to learn the leadership qualities of this great man of God by name Elijah. Can you say Elijah? Elijah was a great leader who appeared on a political and religious setup to challenge the apostasy. Means the falling apart or the renunciation of faith. Renunciation of faith. That, was, that is what is happening. Everybody was denying God and they were becoming Baal worshippers. And then this man of God, this great leader came in the right time. And he challenged the cultic leaders like King Ahab and Jezebel. And he you know, literally physically confronted them and their cultic religion and Baal worship. And he challenged the people of Israel saying, how long you will falter between two opinions? Remember that scripture? If the Lord is God, follow him. Or if Baal, you follow Baal. So he was challenging people of God. And he had, you know, if you think about Elijah, it's very interesting. Bible doesn't say really anything about his family. He had no family. He had no friends. He, was, he had no one to stand with. He was just all alone. But he was totally depending on 
God. You're totally depending on God. If you want, if you, uh, let me take it, take you further. Elijah's ministry is characterized by a couple of supernatural instances. Number one, if you remember, Elijah was fed by a raven at the brook of Cherith. And he was drinking the water in the brook of Cherith. And secondly, Elijah was asked to go to Zarephath to serve the widow. You remember that widow? She had a bin of uh, flour and a jar of oil. And she wanted to cook bread and she and her son wanted to eat the bread and they wanted to die. Why? Because there was a great famine. And God sent Elijah to minister to her. And the son died eventually. And God sent Elijah again to revive the son. Miraculous things were happening. And fire came in Mount Carmel. You remember when Elijah was you know, standing in front of all the Baal prophets. Fire of God came and consumed the sacrifices. All supernatural things happening in the life of Elijah. But Elijah was also so afraid of Jezebel at times. And remember, he came under a broom tree and he was crying out to God and he was praying that he might die. And he said, Lord, it is enough. Lord, take my life because I am nothing. I'm nobody. I'm not better than my father's. And who appeared there suddenly? An angel of God. An angel of God appeared. An angel of God fed him and told him, come on, Elijah, get up. You need to walk. You need to run for a long time. And Elijah could walk, Bible says, 40 day and night with the meal that was fed by the angel. How good it would have been if you are fed by angels, right? We don't need to buy our provisions. We don't need to buy our groceries. 40 days and 40 nights. And Elijah, if you remember, Elijah again called fire from heaven and he consumed the captain along with 50 men of King Agaziah. A man with fire. And he divided the river Jordan. And he walked through river Jordan. Miraculous things. And eventually he was just raptured into the heaven. He did not say, see physical death. Now his leadership must be an amazing leadership. And I was just trying, trying a little hard to find out what are the leadership qualities of this great man of God. Number one, this is what I could come out with. Leaders are ordinary people. Can you say that with me? Leaders are ordinary people. You know, Bible says Elijah was a man with a nature like us. Second King, this is interesting. Second King chapter 1 describes Elijah as a hairy man wearing a leather belt around his waist. What kind of man he was? Hairy man. So that means hair all over his body. He did not do any waxing. Hair everywhere in his body. A hairy man with a leather belt around him. That's how, you know, he was described. So Elijah was just an ordinary man living in the wilderness. You know, most of the leaders in the Bible, they are really down-to-earth people. Think about Moses, great man of God, but he was just a shepherd. Think about David, he was a shepherd boy. Think about great leaders, Noah, he was just a, even though he was not a carpenter, he was forced to be a carpenter. Think about Abraham, his father was an idol worshipper, God pulled him out of his traditions. Most of the men and women of God, great leaders in the word of God, they are just ordinary men and women like us. And God used the ordinary 
to do extraordinary things. Can you say that with me? God use the ordinary to do extraordinary things. James 5.17 Bible says, Elijah was a man with a nature like us. What is your nature today? Rebelling? Is that our nature? At times, right? At times we rebel. At times we rebel against God too. Bible says Elijah was like our nature. At times we are lazy. That's true, Elijah was like us. And you know what? But his childhood and upbringing was not known at all. But it looks like Elijah had a very humble beginning. Because Bible says, I won't read this again, this interesting scripture from 1 Kings chapter 17, verses 1 to 7. 1 Kings chapter 17. And Elijah the Tishbite of the inhabitants of Gilead said to Agab, As the Lord God of Israel lives, before whom I stand, there shall be dew, no, there shall not be dew, nor rain these days, these years, except at my word. It's very interesting, very important. Then the word of the Lord came to him saying, get away from here, because there's going to be great famine coming on the land, according to the word of Elijah. Get away from here and turn eastward and hide by the brook Cherith, which flows into, the, into Jordan. And it will be that you shall drink from that brook. And I have commanded the ravens to feed you there. So he went and did according to the word of the Lord. For he went and stayed by the brook Sherit, which flows into the river Jordan. The ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning, and bread and meat in the evening. And he drank from the brook. And it happened after a while that the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. Think about the beginning of this great man of God. Had a very humble beginning. You know, some of us complain when we come to this nation. You know, I don't have what I used to have in my nation. I don't, I'm not blessed with all the blessings that I still experience when I go back to my nation. Humble beginning. You know, sometimes when we come to this nation, we need to work hourly. You know, hourly we are paid with the minimum, less than a minimum salary maybe. We have complaints. Do you? Yes? Are you with me? You need a break? You can always take a break before I send you for a break. Right? So, you know, sometimes we have complaints, all of us. But think about Elijah. Very humble beginning. He was a prophet. And nature obeyed by his word. But where is he sitting now? Near? River? Brook of Cherith. That's where he's sitting. Think about his life. He had to start his career with the ration that was provided every day. Just a limited food. How much a raven can bring? Only that much. Elijah can eat. And every day he had to wait for the raven to come from morning. And you look all the directions where the raven is coming from. And if the raven doesn't come, he has to Star, no food. Think about ourselves being in that situation. We complain, we complain. And he had to drink the water from river Sherit. And even at the brook, even Bible says the brook dried one day. That means no water. Leaders are 
ordinary people. You know, when we look at somebody who's leading, you know, they may appear very great in, in front of people, but they have an ordinary life like you and me. You know, they go through more than what we go through at times. Think about the great leaders of this nation. You know, how much they struggle, how much of the travel they encounter, how many people they need to deal with, you know, how many oppositions they need to handle, how many talks they need to deliver. Think about those lives. Leaders are ordinary people. They are just like us. What we go through, they also go through in their lives. Elijah went through all the toughness and roughness of his life as he was beginning his ministry. Same thing with you. Same thing with me. No different. At times he felt like, you know, giving up. Don't we feel that same thing? We feel like giving up. Blessed was sharing this morning. At times I am up, at times I am down. That's the truth. All of us. And Elijah was just not an exemption. He was just going through the, going through the same thing. You know, to become a leader, we don't need to be rich really. We don't need to be popular to become a leader or we don't need to be really tall or we don't need to be really short or we don't need to have a great personality to become a leader. Leaders are ordinary people. Elijah is a hairy man, but he's a great leader. He's a great leader. Number two quality of a great leadership we learn from the life of Elijah is leaders never give up in prayer. Can you say that with me? Can you say that with me? Little more louder. Leaders. Number two, never give up in prayer. We are reading from 1 Kings chapter 1 verses 18, 41 to 46. 1 Kings chapter 18. Then Elijah said to Ahab, go up, eat and drink, for there is sound of abundance of rain. So Ahab went up to eat and drink, and Elijah went up to the top of Carmel. Then he bowed down on the ground, listen to this, and put his face between his knees and said to his servant, go up now, look towards the sea. So he went up and looked and said, there is nothing. And seven times he said, go again. And he went all the time. Verse 44, then it came to pass the seventh time that he said, there is a cloud as small as a man's hand, rising out of the sea. So he said, go up, say to Ahab, prepare your chariot and go down before the rain stops you. Now it happened in the meantime that the sky became black with clouds and winds and there was a heavy rain. So Ahab rode away and went to Jezreel. Then the hand of the Lord came upon Elijah, and look at Elijah, and he girded up with his loins and ran ahead of Ahab to the entrance of Jezreel. Elijah could run ahead of the chariots. You know how fast the chariots will run. Chariots will go. And Elijah could run ahead of the chariot, and he reached Jezreel even ahead of Ahab. Leaders never give up in prayer. You know, remember this. Elijah declared. Who declared three years of drought? Who? Can I hear again? Elijah, who? Elijah declared three years of drought. And now we see when the drought ended, Elijah was not sure what, what should come when the drought ended. Obviously rain should come, right? When the drought ended. But Elijah was not sure whether it is going to rain or not. 
And when he looked around, the sky is very clear. No trace of any cloud there. And Elijah was literally afraid whether it is going to rain or not. Because it is supposed to rain. Because Elijah spoke the word. And Elijah said God's word. Now, now listen to this. There is a lesson that we need to learn here. Elijah prophesied over the situation saying that three years there will be no rain. That means after three years there is going to be rain. That was a prophetic statement that came out of Elijah. But Elijah did not expect to rain automatically. What Elijah did? Elijah went to pray. And how he prayed? His knees, sorry, his face touched the ground. And he bent his knees. And he bent his face and put his head between the knees. Can you try that now? Can you try that? You can imagine how awkward it will be if you put your head between your knees and bend down. Some of us cannot even bend down and touch our toe, right? To be honest. And Elijah could do this. And why he was in such a situation, praying to God, humiliating himself and humbling himself, Prophecy has to come true. Will prophecy come true automatically by itself? Yes, no? No. Elijah has to pray. Elijah had to pray. You know, prophecy will come true when we pray about it. Prophecy will come true when we obey God and follow his footsteps. Prophecy will come true when we cancel the opposing forces of the enemy. Through prayer. Are you with me this morning? Yes? My eyes are powerful. I'm watching every one of you as God watches you. Elijah prophesied, but the prophecy did not come true until he prayed for that. You know, sometimes we come have complaints. God prophesied me. God spoke to me through the man of God. But things did not happen. Whose problem it is? God's problem? Whose problem it is? Our problem. We don't pray about it. We think, you know, things will happen automatically by itself. No, it will not happen. It will not happen. Prophetic words when it comes. God wants us to hold on to those prophetic words. And keep praying about it. Keep praying about it. Keep fasting and praying about it. There will be, you know, when the prophetic word comes to your life, there will be the evil will become very active. Satan will become very active because he will try his level best to make sure that the prophetic word will not fulfill in your life. And we need to pray about it. We need to cancel all the powers of the devil to make sure that the prophetic word comes true in our life. That's what Elijah is doing now, right now. And listen to verse 44. Verse 44 says, before even he went to pray, listen to this. He look at his faith. He says, I hear a sound of abundance of rain. And there was no rain. But Elijah could hear that. A man of great faith. And he went to top of Mount Carmel. What happened to him in, in Mount Car Carmel a few days before? What happened in Mount Carmel a few days before? Fire came down. And he went to Mount Carmel. And there he knelt to the ground and put his face between knees. And obviously his posture tells me that he was so humbling himself to pray. And James 5.17 says... He prayed earnestly. Elijah prayed earnestly. And Bible says the effective fervent prayer of the righteous man avails or benefits or brings blessings much. 
James 5.16, Bible says. He was a righteous man, walking in front of God righteously. And now he is praying and humbling himself and making, asking God so that the prophecy will come true. And the prophecy came true. Leaders never give up in prayer. You know, leadership is important and leading people and leading people, the, the, the kind of responsibility that God has given to each one of us and we need to pray about it. We need to pray about it. Number three characteristics of this great man of God, Elijah. Number three, leaders are always zealous for God. Can you say that with me? Leaders are always zealous for God. You know, leaders have a great zeal for God. And who are those leaders, by the way? Who are those leaders? Me. Okay, that's a good answer. Me is the leader here. Right? All the me's here are the leaders. And Bible says, and Elijah's life of Elijah tells me that leaders have a great zeal for God. Leaders are determined. No matter what comes on my way, I will not walk away from God. I will achieve what God wants me to achieve. You know, there will be ups and downs. Like the same, same as life of Elijah. But that doesn't mean that we lose the zeal. We don't lose our zeal. Because leaders never lose their seals. Never leaders will take a step backward. But instead leaders will move forward. Can you say that with me? Leaders will move forward. Leaders have a burning zeal within them for God. Can you say that with me? Leaders have a burning zeal within them for God. Do you have that zeal this morning? When things are not happening, when things are not going well, they don't keep quiet. Leaders won't keep quiet. They will do something about it. They don't try to adjust. They don't try to compromise. They will try to do what God wants them to do. At times when they see things are not in order, they burst out, they burst open, and they try to bring things into discipline. You know, great leaders have great zeal for God. We see that in this book of 1 Kings. I want to read from 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 10. And also we see that in verse 14. Elijah is saying, listen to this, I have been very zealous for the Lord God of hosts. For the children of Israel have forsaken your covenant, torn down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. I alone am left. They seek to take my life too. You know, where and when and why and how the zeal of God comes, zeal for God comes in the life of a leader. Listen to this, number one. When people forget the covenant. What is the covenant? The word of God. When people forget the word of God, there is a zeal within the leader that comes. You know, teacher was mentioning as he was leading the worship, you know, God woke him up in the middle of the night and asked him to pray. Why? Why God does that? And God does that in many other lives too. Why God does that often? Because the burning zeal comes within you. The burning zeal has, zeal has to be there when we see people not walking according to the word of God. And he found, Elijah found the altars are torn down. Altars are brought down. What does it mean? It means there is no prayer. There is no prayer. Elijah saw this happening in front of him. Elijah saw the word of God being neglected. Elijah saw the altars are being torn down. Excuse me, there is no prayer. And not only that, even the prophets of God were killed. That means 
When the prophetic voice ceases, that means we don't hear from God. We stopped hearing from God. People don't read the word of God. People don't pray. People stop listening to the voice of God. How can a true leader keep himself quiet? The zeal inside of a true leader burns at that time. True leader will rise with the great zeal of bringing the order back. Psalm 119 verse 139, the psalmist says, My zeal has consumed me because my enemies have forgotten your words. Think about it. Very, very meaningful psalm. Who has forgotten the word of God? Not his family. Not his church people. The enemies have forgotten the word of God. If I am there, I would pray, Lord, put them under wrath, Lord. Put, go take them to hell, Lord God, because they are my enemies. But the psalmist is saying, my zeal has consumed me. He couldn't sleep. He couldn't eat. He couldn't drink. He has been fasting. Fasting. For whom? For his enemies. For his enemies. The zeal of God shakes the man of God, a woman of God, who is a leader. At the same time, he is also an intercessor. Leaders are, in, leaders are intercessors too. So Elijah was challenging the people to follow God or Baal. Elijah, listen to this. Elijah saw the people of God coming to church and going to pagan festivals. Elijah saw the people of God coming to church and giving their offerings but they are also going to the pagan Baal's temple and giving, making their sacrifices. Elijah saw the people of God sitting in the first row of the church, taking part in the Holy Communion. They will also go there and eat food that are offered to idols. Elijah saw all this happening in front of him and he couldn't keep quiet. And Elijah came to the people of God. Now he's talking about the people of God, not the enemies. His own people, children of Israel. First Kings chapter 18 verse 21, he says, And Elijah came to all the people and said, How long you will falter between two opinions? If the Lord God is God, follow him. Or if Baal is God, you follow Baal. But the people did not answer anything. Elijah is saying, Separate yourself from this wicked generation. Separate yourself from this wicked generation. Number three, we saw a great leader is always zealous for God. Finally, number four. Listen to this. Great leaders are hard to be found, but they are easy to be replaced. Can you read this with me? Great leaders are hard to be found, but they are easy to be replaced. The sentence you know, by itself, it may not mean anything to you, but I'll take you through further. The true leaders, they also identify their successor. They mentor them and they train them. Success without a successor is a failure. Success without a little bit of leadership training here. Success without a successor is a failure. True leaders, they really don't invest in buildings, but they invest in the lives of people. You're all called to lead. We're all called to invest, maybe in our children, the life of our children. 
more than buying our home more than buying something else more than investing our money in the in the, in the stock market we need to invest in the life of our children true leaders they invest in the life of people listen to this true leaders at the end of their lives make themselves unnecessary it's not my st- statement it is a statement told by miles munro from the bahamas before his death the last interview he gave to a television this is what he said true leaders at the end of their lives make themselves unnecessary you know true leaders when they come to an end of the life they don't hold anything with them because they know that they are going to go away it's already handed over even the bahamas ministry when he is gone still the ministry is continuing he has already invested in the lives of people there great leaders are hard to be found but they are easy to be replaced a great leadership lesson that we learned this morning you know god spoke to elijah and this is what god told elijah go return on your way to the wilderness of damascus and when you arrive listen to this you will see elijah the son of shaphat of abel mehola plowing in the field and you shall go and anoint him as a prophet in your place first kings chapter 19 verses 19 and 221 bible says when elijah passed through that side he threw his mantle on elisha and what elisha was doing at that moment what he was doing plowing the field and elisha did not have any clue that elijah is going to come but god already spoke to elijah you go and anoint you go and throw your mantle upon elisha he's farming he's making a successor and elijah did that and when elisha was taken up sorry elisha was taken by elijah during the very short span of time that was given to elijah before he was taken up and he was training him in the ministry you remember the story elijah wanted to go from gilgal to bethel and what was elisha was telling i want to come with you and elijah told no 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 you stay here don't come with me but elisha was saying that i want to come with you as a leader elijah took elisha there and from bethel to jericho and from jericho to jordan before he was caught up in the whirlwind elijah was willing to make his successor without holding anything in him great leaders they train their successor think about moses moses left joshua when moses was gone joshua was right there to take up the job jesus trained how many disciples 12 disciples and they were trained by jesus all along apostle paul he trained timothy he trained titus and here we see elijah training up elijah so that the next leader can be easily found god wants us to invest in the life of people more than investing in the property more than we all need we need all those things more than investing in buildings god wants us to invest in the life that god has given to us god certainly wants us to invest in the life of our children god wants us to invest in the life of the people that god has given in our hands god wants us to invest in the church to bring up leadership in the church god wants us to invest in the lives elijah was a rare very rare person a personality you cannot find another elijah but god brought him in the right time in the history 
But Elijah was already there. It was not hard to replace Elijah. When Elijah was gone, Elijah is already there in the job. He went back to the river Jordan. In the same way Elijah parted the river Jordan, Elisha did. And this morning, God is speaking to us from the life of Elijah, this great man of God. You know, sometimes we feel that, Lord, how do we apply that? But you can apply because we believe that God has called each one of us to lead. To summarize, leaders are ordinary people like us. Leaders never give up in prayer. They fight it out. They will make sure the prophecy comes true by their knees. Leaders are always zealous for God. When something is not going well, some people are not following God, that zeal has to consume our lives. Great leaders, they do that. And great leaders are hard to be found, but they are easy to be replaced when we invest in the life of people around us. Shall we close our eyes this morning?